Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is 321 Happy New Year, recorded Sunday, December 31st, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Dan with today's message. Hey, I don't know if you're like me on this, but I really appreciated the series that we had that led up to Christmas to dive into 1 Corinthians 13 and uh, really take a look at what love is supposed to be, take a look at what the, what the creator, the inventor of love had in mind for us. And for me, there were a lot of days when, over the holidays, where I was like, okay, love is patient, right? It's kind. It's not self-seeking. keeps no record of wrongs. And we need a series like that, not just so we can get through the holidays, but so that we can pack it up and take it with us into a new year. Uh, I just really appreciated, appreciated Scott and Brendan and Parker and Josh and Rachel uh, in how they led us through that chapter. And so uh, uh, we're better for it. And tonight around the world, uh, a lot of us are going to count down three, two, one to a new year. And we're hoping that we're stepping into a, a happy new year, but we really don't know. As some of you are looking at 2023 and you're kind of glad to be able to see it in the rear view mirror because there were challenges and there were heartbreaks and maybe it was full of failure and you're just ready for a fresh start. But if you're like me, there's part of you that hears that 2024 and you just start to clench up a little bit. And you start to think about all the things that are coming and you wonder, are things going to go the way that I hoped they would go? Will, will things work out okay for me next year? Uh, will the skies be clear enough for me to see the solar eclipse in April? I don't know if you're stressed out about that. I think about it a little bit. Uh, or, or this one, will the United States medal in the Summer Olympics in the inaugural Olympic breakdancing competition? If you're a child of the 80s, you're, you're looking for those parachute pants, you know, and you can't wait for the Olympics to get here so you can see how we do with that. Or will that bully at work continue to be a bully? I'm not saying any names, but he called me bucket boy uh, in, a, in a sermon about civility, all right? And so maybe you wonder, if is that bully still going to be a bully? Or more seriously, you wonder... Will my family be okay if we experience a rough economy? Or will my job be safe? Oh, or what about that big thing next year? That election and all the commercials and the stress and the potential division that threatens maybe your household, your neighborhood, your workplace, our nation. And you start to wonder like, do I really have to put up with this? And you say, okay, it's, it's just 365 days. I just need to like put my head down and go. And then you see that it's a leap year and it's actually 366 days. And you're like, oh, couldn't get much worse than that. Maybe you look a little bit more like this guy when you think about a new year. You know, like I just don't want to go. I don't want to do it. If I could just stay here, things would be better. So this morning... I just want to use that idea of a three, two, one countdown to talk about how we can step into a new year in the right kind of a way. Uh, that we would look at three words 
two celebrations, and one commitment that we would all make. And so first I want to talk about the three words. About a month ago, we were having some different staff meetings around here where we were planning out things for 2024, what we're going to be teaching for the year, uh, some events that will take place, some small group initiatives, and things that could bring excitement, but also some challenge. And as we were wrapping up these meetings, Scott just slowed us down a little bit. And he said, you know, like a lot of years, but maybe more so next year, 2024 will require joy, unity, and vision from our people. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so I just want to focus on those three words for a few minutes here. And I can't think of a better way to do it than to open up to Philippians chapter 2 and read that together. Uh, It's a letter that Paul is writing from prison. He doesn't know whether he'll ever get out of prison or not. And so he's writing this letter, maybe his last words to this church. He's writing to a group of people who live in a place of pretty great prosperity and patriotism. Not a lot different than what we live in today. And and he's writing to people and he's saying the most important things that he thinks they need to hear. That Jesus is Lord, meaning that nobody, like Caesar, or nothing deserves to take that place in your life. And if we listen close, I think we'll see how these words apply to us. And as I read this, just be thinking about those three words, joy, unity, and vision. So starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any, uh, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being very, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know if you heard those words uh, rising to the surface of that, but let's just take a few minutes and talk about each of those three words. First, joy. See, Paul understood what we need to understand. First, joy is a gift. It's given to us. Last week, Rachel read this verse from the Christmas story. It says uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. See, joy can be present in our lives because God's grace is present in our lives. And second, Joy is an ongoing choice that we make. I love how the Bible Project phrased this. It says, 
Joy is an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. Joy is there, but we choose to take it in and give it a home within us in our everyday lives. Sam Storm said that joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. See, joy is the result of a right relationship with Jesus. It's a gift. It's why a man named Horatio Spafford could write the words to one of the most famous hymns ever written. It is well. He wrote these words uh, just hours after finding out that his wife and four daughters had perished in a shipwreck. And as he was on a ship behind them, over the spot where they had died, he wrote the words that we've sung before, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And it's why I'm so amazed when I see people here as part of Third City who are going through some of life's hardest things. And they understand that the concept of joy isn't just what the world says about turn that frown upside down, that it's something deeper and better that affects all of us. And there may be times when we do have a frown, but we find joy in the midst of the hard things of life. See, our joy doesn't often make sense to the world, but once you've experienced it, it doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. The second word is unity. Paul, writing from prison, doesn't ask people to give him joy. He's already received, adopted, and chosen that gift. What he says is, make my joy complete by being like-minded. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. I love the way the message paraphrases this. It says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. See, unity, it does not mean uniformity. We aren't robots designed to be exactly like each other. We're different from each other. Uh, and, and the truth is, if you gather a couple of people together, let alone over a thousand, you're going to have differences. And it would be very easy for us to see divisions form. It'd be very easy for us to disagree more than we agree. And it's why this phrase that we use around here from time to time is super important. It says, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love. And so as a church, we find it really important that we define what some essentials are. And the list starts with things like Jesus is the Son of God, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father except through him. We'll have unity on those things by agreeing on those things. And you'll hear that we teach in a common thread along those types of topics. In non-essentials, liberty. Yeah, we all have opinions, and sometimes we're right, 
and sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> and sometimes we have people come up to us and they'll tell us, well, why don't we teach this? Why don't we go into this? And, and sometimes it's the book of Revelation, right? When are we going to go through the book of Revelation? Well, probably when I'm done teaching, right? Like, that's when we'll start. When are we going to go through that book? And I want you to understand this. The book of Revelation is really important, and it is a gift from God to show us how to live this life and to constantly call us to return to our first love. But sometimes we treat it more like this, this thing that will help us figure out the exact day and hour and how everything's going to happen. And what people are sometimes saying is, when are you going to tell me that I'm right and everyone else is wrong? And so I'll usually start with something like this. I'll say, you know, they'll say, well, are you a pre-millennialist or a post-millennialist or an amillennialist? And I'll say, oh, whoa, 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 I'm an o-millennialist. And they're like, I've not heard of that before. What are you speaking of? What is this? And I say, well, it's going to happen. And I'm going to say, oh, that's how it happens, right? And usually that kind of shuts down the argument because opinions are opinions. They're non-essentials. And then in third, all things in love. See, Third City has seen some pretty great things happen by God's blessing because we've worked hard to keep the main thing the main thing. And when we say love unlimited, we remind ourselves that our main job is to receive and reflect God's unlimited love for us and for our neighbors. So a gathering of people of different backgrounds and different ethnicities, different upbringings, different income levels, different opinions on non-essentials and even different political ideologies can be together and be part of something that's much greater than the sum of its parts. That's unity. It's what Paul pleaded that the Philippian church would strive for. And it was the biggest prayer of Jesus, Jesus on the, in the garden on the night that he was arrested, that his people would be united. And that by their unity, by their love for each other, the world around us would see what can happen in their lives. And I think it's the primary purpose of the spiritual gifts that we're given. It's, they're given to us so that we can share those with the people around us and build each other up in unity. See, when the church or a specific church like Third City, when we experience unity, the world around us will notice. And when we experience something that is different from unity bickering or divisions, they'll notice that too. And so in 2024, will we be the kind of people who will step in with unity? And then third, vision. Webster's defines vision as uh, it serves as a guide and can be used to provide a sense of purpose. And a common vision uh, can unite people of very different temperaments. See, vision is simply a mindset that moves us towards a preferred future. Back to Philippians chapter 2. Paul says this, and your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And to have the mindset or the vision of Christ, we need to constantly remind ourselves of what he taught and what he stood for. And so we're really excited to tell you that in 2024, we're going to spend most of the year teaching through three chapters from the book of Matthew, known as the Sermon on the Mount, because we just want to make sure that we never step very far away from what he's telling us in that, 
biggest chunk of his teaching that we'll ever read. And it's important for us to, re to return to that often so we live in a way, in a vision that he would have for us. And so starting today, in, in, a, uh, in the plaza at a table there, you can pick up a journal that we've prepared for the year. And our hope is that you'll bring it with you on Sundays and you'll take it with you to small groups and maybe even as you just read scripture on your own at home, that you would take notes in here and really kind of keep track of what God is teaching you this year. I love what Scott wrote on the inside cover. He said, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' kingdom speech that sets the agenda for the life of his people. Jesus calls us to be different because he is different. We are transformed because he transforms us. He shows us what the Father desires of us, and we prioritize what is precious to him. So, three words, joy, unity, and vision. Let's move on to those two celebrations that are going to be really important for us as we wrap up this year and move into next year. The first one is we celebrate what Jesus is doing through us. And uh, during the bumper, you were able to see some different highlights. And I just want to kind of dive a little deeper into some of those numbers. Uh, on Easter weekend, we saw 2,568 people in our buildings. And we thought, wow, I don't know if we could ever fit more people in that until Christmas Eve when we fit over 3,100 people in our buildings. And, and like Parker said, we count numbers because uh, because people count. We count people because people count. And it's one way that we can see the health of a church. It's not the only way, but it's something that matters. On top of that, we see 261 kids on average in Kid City every Sunday where they're getting to learn at their speed and at their level what Jesus has to say to them. 244 students attended CIY camps this last summer. We're excited as they're making plans for this next year. 287 kids are involved in our Connect After School program, where we pick them up in these buses you see outside, and we pick them up from their schools, and we bring them back here, and for a couple of hours, they're reminded that they're known, valued, and loved while their parents are finishing up their work day. We have a preschool program that's top-notch where these three- and four-year-olds are being taught important things, but they're also being taught the most important thing. And it's a beautiful program. If you have a, a child that age, you ought to check it out. See, here's the thing. Third City has always been willing to bet the farm on next-generation ministries. We've always been willing to spend whatever it takes and do whatever needs to be done so that these young kids will be in our building and know that Jesus cares about them and loves them. And part of the reason we do that is because it's happened over and over again where adults start attending our church. And when, it, when you ask, like, what's your story? Why are you here? They said, well, I saw how my kids were loved here, and I thought maybe I'd be loved that way as well. And so we will always be a church that does everything we can for next generation ministries. But to run that kind of a thing, it takes a lot of people. And maybe you saw that earlier, 833 people are actively volunteering here at Third City. 
uh, in guest services and kids ministry, element coaches, small group leaders, people who have who help set up our building and, and control traffic out in the parking lot, all kinds of different ways. And it's another measurement of spiritual maturity. Because what it shows is that people are saying, I'm ready to move on from being a consumer to being a contributor. I'm ready to use my time to help the people of my church grow in their faith. 670 hours of individual care and counseling whether that's premarital mentoring uh, or people who are just going through the hardest things in life and they're able to sit down with a staff member or a volunteer and, and be helped out in some ways to be able to talk. And I love, love, love this next thing. 125 plus uh, adults in our community who have special needs gather in this building every first Wednesday of the month for coffee with friends. They have coffee and hot chocolate and juice and donuts, and, and they just love being here. And there's a lot of laughter and a lot of love and a lot of very unrestrained hugs. Uh, some of the greatest moments of our month happen when they are in our building. Last month, we delivered 212 Thanksgiving food baskets through Project Hunger that were paid for and delivered by Third City people. There were families, 212 families, who were able to sit down around a table and have a meal and express gratitude for what they've been given. And just a couple weeks ago, 314 kids at Wasmer Elementary School were able to go in and choose Christmas presents for their families. Because you're a generous people. You're generous by filling up boxes with gifts that they could give. And you're generous with your time. And I went down there. I thought I'd go help, but I couldn't because there were a hundred of you helping. And I just stood there and I watched kids who had joy in their eyes and pride in their eyes because they were able to do something for their siblings and their parents. It's because you're a generous church that these things can take place. $280,000 was given to our missions partners in our city, our region, and throughout the U.S. and the world. Missions that represent love unlimited in places that we are unable to be. Organizations that help people in tough circumstances or invest in people who are preparing and doing kingdom work. And then on top of our missions giving... I asked one of our partners, Missions of Hope International, how many kids are being sponsored by families at Third City? And the number is 393. On top of the $280,000, $180,000 that never passes through this building because you're sending it directly to that ministry. Third City, you're having an impact. 207 kids have attended Celebration Place while they have a parent taking steps towards wholeness through our Celebrate Recovery program. And over 50 young adults and college-age young adults gather every week at Revive where they study the scriptures and they build relationships with each other and they serve throughout our community together. And Broken Bow 
this year has exceeded 100 people in attendance on several occasions. A church that was started literally weeks before the world shut down is not just back on its feet, it's thriving. Because people are willing to share love unlimited. And then this year, more than ever before, 220 people stepped into the, the waters of baptism declared their allegiance to Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. The impact is great. And you can read all those numbers all day long, but it was this note that Rachel Brown, our finance director, handed me last week that really just brought it to my heart. It said, Third City, I'm coming up on my one-year baptism birthday. I couldn't think of any better way than by helping share his love with others anywhere and everywhere. And then she signed it, the most hope I've had in 52 years. <clears throat> God's at work here. And I'm not bragging on us, I'm bragging on him. Uh, on what he does when he sees people who are generous with their, their time, their talents, and their treasures. And they invest in the ministry that's taking place. He's at work here individually and collectively. And it's good for us to celebrate that. And the thing is, I don't think he's even close to being done with us. We believe that 2024 is going to be even bigger than this year in so many different ways but it's gonna take every one of us together to make that happen. The second celebration is one that we take a moment for every week. And so if you would prepare your communion elements, we do this together because it matters. We're instructed in God's word as often as you meet together Partake of this meal together in thanksgiving and as a reminder. And Paul takes us there in that letter to the people of Philippi. It says, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And he gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we take a piece of bread and we remember that Jesus gave his life. His body was beaten and bruised for you and for me, for the forgiveness of our sins. And then we take the cup together, representing the blood of Jesus. Maybe you've heard people say that his blood was spilled. It was not spilled. It was poured out on purpose for you and for me. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the work that you are doing through us, 
But right now, we just say thank you for the work that you have done and are doing in us. Thank you for giving your life as a ransom for us. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So three words, joy, unity, and vision. Let's step into the year with that. Two celebrations of what he is doing through us and what he has done for us. But let's talk for just a second about that one commitment. It's real simple. Just show up. Be present. Whether it's here on Sunday morning in your small groups, but then beyond that at your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, be present for the people in your life. As we work our way through Jesus' teachings in Matthew, be present. I love uh, at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it says that Jesus noticed that the people had come to him. And so he began to teach. May we be people who are present and who are striving to grow in our Savior. Tonight, I know a lot of you, you'll probably be like me. You might set your alarm for 11.55 so you can wake up and roll over in bed and together count down three, two, one. Happy New Year. (laughs) Hey, one last time. Let's worship our King together in 2023. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.